You're listening to Summit Podcasts, where you'll find sermon audio, weekly discussions of the message, the Back 40 Leadership Podcast, and much, much more. Subscribe today at summitpodcast.church and share this episode with your friends. Summit Church, every life made different. Good morning, everyone. Is this turned on? Can you hear me? Awesome. Yeah, it's so good to be with you guys. I'm so thankful to be able to share today. Um, I think it's awesome, first of all, that you guys are having a missions weekend. That is amazing. And I'm so honored. I just want to thank you guys for having us, for having Overland Missions be a part of that. It's a huge honor, and we're extremely thankful for this opportunity um, to get to share with you guys. So a little bit about Overland. I know you've heard bits and pieces from Preston and from different people. A little bit about Overland is that our goal, our vision, is to go to the most remote, neglected, and unreached people in the world. So we're going to far places in Africa, we're in Southeast Asia, the Middle East, South America, we're really all over, but in every location that we go to, the goal is to go to the most remote people in the world with the gospel. Um, So other organizations, which this is phenomenal, there's nothing wrong with that, other organizations go to the cities, you know, they they may hold um, crusades or different large events or things like that, that's totally needed, it's totally necessary, but our heart and our vision is to go where other people aren't going, where they say that it's too hard, it's too difficult, I don't want to sleep on the ground, I don't want to sleep in tents, I don't want to eat over a fire, you know, Preston talked about last night, I don't want to poop in a hole, all of these different things. That's where we're going because other people are saying that it's too difficult or it's not worth it to get out to those people. So that is the heart of Overland Missions. Um, With that, our goal is to partner with the local church in America and all over the world to partner with the local church to equip believers and to send them out. That is our heart. That is our goal. Um, And so this morning, I want to talk about the role that each of us have in preaching the gospel and give you practical tools to equip you to make this your lifestyle. Because it shouldn't just be something that we do when we're on a mission trip. It shouldn't just be something that we do when the missionaries come to town and they lead us in outreach and all of these different things. It really should be our lifestyle because that's what Christ commanded us to do. It wasn't, you know, of course, you can't talk about missions without talking about the Great Commission, right? This wasn't something that he just said, this is for the missionaries, or this is for the pastors, or this is for whoever. Literally, he said to his disciples, this is for you, now go. I've equipped you, I've given you everything you need, now go. And so this is the heart behind what we wanna do today. And so I believe that there's three main functions of the local church. Number one is edification, right? You're building up the body. You are teaching, you are discipling, you're preaching the word of God. You're you're discipling your people and building them up. Number two is benevolence. It's good works, right? We're going and we're helping the elderly. We're feeding the poor. We're, we're clothing the naked. We're doing all of these things and it's, it's phenomenal. It's 100% God. You know, um, it, Jesus said, if you give any of these little ones a cup of cold water in my name, I assure you, you will not lose your, your reward. And so this is 100% necessary. It's so good. But I think the thing that we tend to neglect, not this church specifically, just in the, in the local church in America, is evangelism. And, and when I think about it, I think that the reason that it's so neglected is because it makes us uncomfortable, right? It's something that is, there, there's a fear in, what if I get rejected? What if I share the gospel with someone and they don't want to hear what I have to say? What if, I, what if I share with them and it doesn't make sense or all of these different things and we end up, instead of looking outward, because with edification, with benevolence, we're looking, how can we bless these people? But it, it seems that when we look at evangelism, we end up going from looking outward at the people to looking at ourselves. And we look and we find all of the different ways that we're unworthy. We find all of the different ways that we uh, fall short of what the qualifications of an evangelist are, right? Um, And so I, I truly believe that neglecting evangelism can be very harmful 
to our spiritual life because it's part of, it, you know, the reason that we've been equipped, the reason that, that we've encountered God, the reason for all of these things is to turn outward. It's not to continue looking inward at, in ourselves. It's to turn outward and pour out what has been given to us. Um, so with that, I want to talk a little bit about what exactly is evangelism. Um, the definition of, I just want to go through a couple of different definitions in the Greek. So the word gospel means good news. The word preach means to bring good news. And the word evangelist means one who declares good news. So obviously, if we're, if we're going to summarize that, we're going to say evangelism refers to bringing the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the entire goal. Um, and so I think a lot of times that we confine the definition of gospel to creation to Pentecost, right? We talk about Adam and Eve. He formed the earth and he created man and woman and all of these different things. And there was the fall of man. And because of the fall of man, there was a need for Jesus to come and redeem mankind. And then he died and he rose on the third day and all of these different things. And then the Holy Spirit came and poured and was poured out for all of us. And, and that's, that's our version of the gospel, right? Which that is 100% the gospel. There's, there, that is 100% the gospel. But I think sometimes we, we end up getting burned out in ministry, in, in missions specifically, because when we go to these people and we share the gospel, that's the only thing that we know how to share. Creation to Pentecost, creation to the cross, you know, all of these, all of these core truths of the gospel. But I think sometimes that what we fail to recognize is that the gospel isn't bound to just this story. It's, it's not just a story that, that we share. Um, it is literally the power of God. You know, Romans 1, 16 and 17, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And so in Hebrews 5, 13, it says, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. So this teaching about righteousness is the gospel. So if you are on milk, a lot of times I think that we, when we read that scripture about being on milk, we think, oh, it's just the gospel, right? All they know is just the gospel. They don't know the deep things of God. A lot of times is how we interpret that. This is saying that the gospel is deeper than milk. The gospel is more than milk. The gospel is meat because it's not just a story that we share to get someone saved and then we move on to something else. The gospel isn't just something that, that we share with someone who needs salvation. It's not just for the baby Christians. This is for, if you're struggling deep in your walk with God, if you're a pastor and you're struggling with something, the gospel is the answer. If you have depression, the gospel is the answer. If you need salvation, the gospel is the answer. If you need healing, the gospel is the answer. It is literally the power of God unto salvation and it brings righteousness. Um, and so the gospel is always biblical. It is good news. A lot of times when, when we go out, you know, being a missionary, we have people come with us from, from the American church. And a lot of times they, they come and they just start preaching, you're going to hell, all of you people. Listen to this word that I have. This is the gospel. Th that's not the gospel. The gospel is good news, right? If we're preaching and saying, you're going to hell, I, just, I have a feeling that's not very good news. No one has a desire to hear that. No, that doesn't spur anyone on into hope. That doesn't spur anyone on into wanting to know Jesus. It, it kind of intimidates them and turns them away, honestly. So um, the gospel is good news. It is truth. It is transforming. If you, if you hear the gospel, it will transform. If you, let me say it this way, if you receive the gospel, it will transform your life. There is a transforming work in the gospel. And it comes with power for salvation and righteousness. Um, a couple of years ago, we did something like this with our local church in Texas. I'm from Texas. Um, and so we did kind of an evangelism training with, with the local church. And we decided to do something that was called a treasure hunt. 
So if you've never heard of this, it's basically where we all come together and we pray and we hear from God and whatever we feel like God is saying to each of us, we write it down. And then we compare our notes and we say, okay, did, you know, is God speaking similar things to different people? So for example, we could have um, someone here about a location, you know, maybe Walmart. We can have someone here about an article of clothing that this person is wearing, a tattoo, any identif identifiable marker on the person. It can be a name, it can be a word of knowledge, whatever it is. We compare our notes and then we go to that place. And so one of the things that, that we got on this, uh, on this treasure hunt was that uh, there were several of us that, that wrote down that we felt like God was saying Christmas tree shop, which is very random. It's not like, you know, Walmart is not a Christmas tree shop. Walmart is Walmart, and then there's Christmas trees there. This was literally, we, we specifically heard God saying Christmas tree shop. So... And then, of course, we had a couple of other words to go along with that. So we go to this Christmas tree shop, the one that is in the small town in Texas that we're in. We go to this Christmas tree shop, and I mean, honestly, we're looking around for the different words that came with that. We had nothing. Nothing. There was not one person, maybe like it was like a yellow jacket. There was not one person in there wearing a yellow jacket. You know what I mean? None of the other words lined up. And so we just felt kind of led, drawn to this woman that was there. And so we went to go share with her. And it's kind of intimidating, right? Because you're like, I have no word for you. I have no, you know, God told me to speak to you. And you're wearing the exact clothes that God spoke to me. It was nothing like that. It was just like, God told us to come to a Christmas tree shop. And you're the only woman that's in this Christmas tree shop. So we're just going to minister to you. And so... <clears throat> um, we just struck up conversation. Honestly, it was small talk. I hate small talk. Um, it is the worst thing for me. I do not enjoy it. It's very awkward and other people are great at it. That's not me. But either way, we struck up small talk. And as we began talking to her, I just, we, there was, I think both of us actually, me and another girl that was with me, we just felt so strongly that, you know, we had like a word of knowledge for her son. And I, I believe the word of knowledge was something to, to the degree of that he is, he used to follow God. He fell away from following the Lord. Um, I, there was some more like specific details in that that I can't exactly remember right now. Um, and so we shared that with her and she just begins weeping. And she's like, there's no way. Like I, I've known God my whole life. So she's a believer. She's already a believer. We didn't have to, this wasn't something where we preached, you know, do you know who Adam and Eve is? Do you know about the creation of the world? Do you know that Jesus died for your sins? She knew all of these things, but she, but she had fallen away from the love of God. She had fallen away from the knowledge that God was good, that God was for her, that he had a plan for her life, that he had a plan for her children's life. She had lost the hope of the gospel. And so in this moment, we got to share with her the, the gospel not necessarily from creation to Pentecost, but we got to share the gospel with the love of Christ, with the love of Jesus, with the power of God unto salvation, with the righteousness that comes with the gospel. And so this was a, an amazing story. She obviously didn't receive salvation because she was already saved, but she was encouraged, she was strengthened, she was brought back to the, the understanding of the love of God. She was brought back to this... Um, the hope of the gospel, really. And what was so amazing is that, that we had no idea, but her coworker, he was like, I think 17 or something like that. He's in the background listening to all of this happening. He's never heard, he's never heard the gospel. He doesn't know what the gospel is. He's heard the name of Jesus, you know, just as much as everyone in America has heard the name of Jesus. He doesn't know him, no relationship, wasn't saved, nothing like that. And we actually never, like I said, she was a believer, so we never shared like the full gospel with her. But what's so amazing is that he was so touched by the words that we encouraged her with. He was so touched by the things that God did in her life, by the way that God knew her, the way that he, that he had these intricate details of her. And he ended up coming out and he has tears coming down his face and he says, I want to receive Jesus. And so we walked him through what it looks like to follow Jesus. We walked him through salvation and it was just an amazing testimony. Um, 
And so it, we never had to share about Adam and Eve, never had to share about Jesus dying on the cross with this woman. Of course, we did with the guy because we want him to know how do you receive salvation, you know, by grace, through faith, all of these different things. Um, but it was just an amazing testimony of just, I have nothing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm nervous. I'm scared. This is intimidating. This lady is going to think that I'm insane. And it was probably, honestly, it was awkward the first couple of minutes, but it turned out for the good because God moves when we take steps of obedience. Um, and so evangelism is sharing the gospel about Jesus Christ. It's sharing the good news in every way. Um, and so I want to talk about who is called to evangelize, because I think a lot of times we write ourselves off and we think it's for the more elite Christians. It's for the Christians that have the Bible memorized front to back. It's for the missionaries. It's for the pastors. You know, and we, we end up um, discounting the fact that he has called us as well. And so I just want to go through each of those different things. Um, who is called to evangelize? Number one, those who are commanded by Jesus. So evangelism is sharing the gospel as Jesus commanded. In the Great Commission, he, uh, he says, it's in Mark 16, 15 and 16. He says, go into all the nations, preach the gospel, baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he commands us to go, right? This is, this is for his disciples. This is for each and every one of us that would receive salvation, that would receive the call of God on our lives. He tells us, go. It's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Um, he wants the good news proclaimed to every person in the world. And so this is actually why Jesus told his disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. He told them to wait for the promised Holy Spirit. And so in Acts 1.8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. I think a lot of times we read that scripture and we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm pumped about the power. I'm going to receive the power. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, be baptized with the Holy Spirit and the power of God has come upon me. And we look internally and we're like, yeah, I'm going to have power. I'm so excited. And we neglect the, the part after that that says, to be my witnesses. That is the purpose of this power that we receive. That is the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be his witnesses. Um, and so that's number one, those who are commanded by Jesus. Number two, evangelists. Evangelism is sharing the gospel by preachers who were also known as evangelists. Um, and then of course, all Christians. So if you don't fall in the category as of commanded by Jesus, if you don't fall in the category of being in the office of an evangelist, I think you fall in the category of all Christians, right? So evangelism is sharing the gospel by all Christians, not just evangelists. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word of God, Acts 8.4. Um, for our duty as the people of God is to proclaim his praises, um, if you have a testimony, and what I mean by testimony is you didn't know Jesus, now you do. You were lost, now you're found. You were this way, now you're this way. There's been a transformation that has taken place in your life. You, you did not know Jesus. You did not know peace. Now you have peace. If you have a testimony, then this is for you. Because in, in Revelation 19, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, meaning that what he has done in your life, he desires to do in someone else's life. So when we have this testimony, the point of our testimony, the point of our story, the point of being one way and being transformed into another way is to be his witnesses, to share the gospel. So if you have a testimony, this qualifies you. People need to hear your testimony. And I think sometimes we, we look at people with a crazy testimony, you know, of near-death experiences or whatever it is. We look at these crazy testimonies and think, well, my testimony isn't like that, therefore I'm not qualified. Therefore I'm not called. But in reality, if you went from having no peace to having peace, like Jimmy shared last night, people need that peace. People need to hear what God has done in your life. People need to see what God has done in your life. And that your testimony prophesies into their future. What he's done in your life, he wants to do in someone else's life. 
If you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, it's for the purpose of being his witnesses. You, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, then you're equipped to evangelize. Um, if you have been touched by God in any way, it is for the purpose of being his witness. If you have been touched by God, if you have gone from being without peace to now being with peace, if you have gone with, from being without hope to now being with hope, if you have been healed from sickness or disease, if you have been you know, condemned and not knowing Jesus to now knowing him, if you've been touched by God in any way, evangelism is for you. This is, this is the call, this is the mandate on your life. It's not an option, it's a mandate. And so this is how they did it in the early church. It wasn't just the evangelists. It wasn't just the missionaries. It wasn't just the pastors. It was anyone that received the revelation of Jesus Christ would then turn and go outwards. This is how the early church advanced so quickly. Um, so it's not just preachers, but all Christians, both collectively, meaning churches and individuals, um, were involved in evangelism by either sending helping or going themselves. So why is evangelism important? Um, when, when evangelism ceases, we are not acting as true disciples. John 13, 35 says that you will tell my disciples by their loving one another. I think sometimes we, we kind of use that as a cop-out and Preston mentioned it last night. I think sometimes we think, okay, well, I'm gonna love someone by you know, Preston used the example of clothing the naked. I'm gonna love someone by doing that. I'm gonna love someone by, by buying someone's groceries. These are great things, but this does not mean that you're loving them with the standard that the gospel lays out, right? Because in John 21, 17, he says, if you love me, feed my sheep. So the point of this is that it says that you will know his disciples by how they love one another one another, but the standard of love is feeding his sheep. The standard of love is preaching the gospel. The standard of love is sharing Jesus to those who don't know him or to those who need the transforming power of the gospel. And so putting it all together, you can't say that you're loving someone if you're not preaching the gospel to them. You can't say that you're loving someone if you're clothing them, but you're not telling them about Jesus. You can't say that you're truly loving someone if you're doing good things for them, but you're not, you're not telling them how they can enter into eternity with Christ. That is the standard of love that the gospel places on us. Um, and this can look like discipling someone. This can look like sharing the gospel for the first time. This could be in the nations, it could be at your local Walmart, it doesn't matter. But the standard of love is sharing what Jesus has done for us. Um, so that's number one, we're not acting as true disciples if, if we don't evangelize. Number two, many people die without knowing him. And how will they hear if someone does not tell them? I love how Romans puts it in chapter 10. It says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear him without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the news of good things. And so if we aren't going, if we aren't preaching the gospel, if we're just going, if we're just going to Africa and giving people shoes, they're never gonna hear the gospel. That's not the point of what we're doing. The point is that every tribe, every tongue, every nation would hear the gospel of Jesus, would submit to the call of God, would submit to the salvation, would give their hearts and lives to him. That is the goal of this gospel. The goal of this gospel isn't to give people shoes. The goal of this gospel isn't to, to put a jacket on someone that's cold. Those are byproducts of that because if we love someone, we will meet their tangible needs. I'm not neglecting that. I'm not diminishing the importance of that. But above all of that needs to be evangelism. Above all of that, they need to hear the gospel of Jesus. What are we doing if we're missing out on that? What are we doing if we're neglecting this? Um, and then of course, if, if we don't evangelize the kingdom of God, will be limited, right? I, I'm not putting God in a box, but he has, he has fastened himself 
to moving according to our prayers and according to the way that his body is moving. He's, he, he has fastened himself to move according to our faith. And that's, that's an intimidating thing, right? But if we don't preach, just like Romans 10, if we don't preach, how will they hear? Um, and so how should we approach evangelism? I want to talk about some practical things that we can do. Um, I think a, a lot of fears that people have um, is, number one, what if, we, what if we talk to someone and they're already a believer? Um, what I find is so interesting is that, so we know the Apostle Paul wrote majority of the epistles in the New Testament. Who did he write these epistles to? Who were these letters written to? They were written to churches. They were written to believers. Yet, he talks, it, it says that the Apostle Paul was preaching the gospel. He was preaching the gospel to people who were already saved. The gospel is not limited to unbelievers. The gospel is not limited to those who don't know him. Evangelism is not limited to those who don't know him. That is the goal, right? That the lost would be found, that the, that the um, broken would, would be mended. That is the goal, right? But the gospel is the transforming power of God. The gospel is unto righteousness. The gospel is transforming from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The gospel is the power of God. It's not limited to someone who doesn't know Jesus. Um, we don't just preach the gospel to get people saved or to convert religions. We preach when they're depressed. We preach when they're lonely. We preach when they're mourning. We preach when they're in bondage to sin. We preach um, when everything is okay because the gospel is what leads you to maturity. I think a lot of times that, that we think that the gospel is how we get started and then we finish in maturity by whatever it is, some other means, right? The gospel is how we get started. It's how we continue. It's how we finish. It is the thing that will carry us through in our Christian walk. It's, it's not something that we start one way and then we finish another way. This is the, this is the way. The gospel is the way. Um, and so we don't want to neglect believers. If you come across someone that's already a believer, praise God. But that's your chance to encourage them. That's your chance to exhort them. That's your chance to edify them, build them up, console them, whatever it is. That is, the gospel is enough for that. I think another question that we have is what if I get denied? What if I get rejected? I think that's probably the biggest fear that we have, that we won't know what to say, that we will say something and they won't like it, that we'll get yelled at, that, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think what I love is that in the Bible, it talks about a, a man of peace. And so when we're sharing the gospel, that's who we're looking for. We're looking for the man or woman of peace. And so if we go to someone and they are not peaceful, meaning that they are upset, they don't want to hear what you have to say, they're yelling at you, they're cussing you out, there is no, you do not have to stay there. Just walk away, shake the dust off of your feet. What harm does it do to you? You preach the gospel. And what's, what's amazing about this is that the word of God never returns void. So even if they respond in an angry way, even if they respond in this type of way, it doesn't mean that the words that you spoke are gonna fall to the ground because no word of God will ever return void. They, they, they hear what you're saying and even if it, it doesn't penetrate them now, years down the road, it will stick with them that there was someone that loved them so much that they would go out of their way to be uncomfortable, to be cussed out, to be whatever it is and, and still love them enough to share this gospel with them. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that if you get rejected, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. They're rejecting the word of God. They're rejecting the gospel, in essence. Um, and so with that, things that we should not do is uh, tell people that they're going to hell. That is, not, that is not the way to preach the gospel. That's, like I said earlier, that's not good news. They need to hear good news. What is the good news? You may be headed in a bad direction, 
but Jesus died on the cross for you. He paid for your sins. They're paid for. You don't have to live in sin anymore. You can change the direction of your eternity. You can live in heaven with him. You can experience the fullness of God right now in this moment. It's not just for when you die. You know, all of these different things, this is the gospel. This is the good news that we have the honor of carrying with us. Um, We're not calling out people's sin. You know, there might be someone that's cussing around us. They might be smoking, whatever they're doing when we go meet them. The, the goal is not to, care, to point out their sin. They already know that they're in sin. There's no point for us to go and call that out. The point is, hey, even when you were in your deepest sin, Jesus looked at you and deemed you worthy. That's the gospel. The gospel is that even in these moments, you are counted worthy. You were counted worthy to die for. You were counted worthy for the sufferings of Christ. And he considered it all joy. He considered it his joy to die for you for the, for the expectation of what would come in your life. Um, we are not making them feel like we are better than them or that we have something that they lack. And the goal is to love them, share the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. That is our goal, to love people. And so practically, um, I think that I've, I've learned a couple of practical tools for evangelism in doing this. I've learned things that you shouldn't do. I've learned things that are helpful. Um, this year, actually, I was in the Middle East primarily um, doing missions, and it was definitely a learning curve for sure. Um, it actually reminds me of what, more so what evangelism would look like in America versus what it would look like in Africa. The reason is because it's actually primarily first world, um, and we would actually do evangelism every day in malls. And so we would go into these malls, and it was like kind of like, what do you do? Like I was just, I was telling Stephanie, my first time going out, I walked up to someone, and I'm like, you know, I'm in the Middle East and I'm like, I just want to be bold. That's my mindset is like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to be bold. So I walk up to them and I'm like, hey, can I talk to you about God? And they just like wide eyed, they get all of their stuff, put it in their purse and they're like, no, thank you. And like, just walk off. And I'm like, okay, that is what not to do. I've learned that. And so through, through my experiences, I've learned things that are not the best and I've learned ways that that you can grow in this in a tangible way. Um, One of those things, so I have a couple of different points. The first thing is looking for a bridge in conversation. Um, This this method involves a lot of small talk. Um, So if you don't like small talk, maybe this isn't the way, but um, I actually really enjoyed doing it this way. Um, in, so in the location that I was in, in the Middle East, um, there was a couple of different things that I would talk to about with people. And one of them was the location that we were in. Obviously, there's a lot of biblical history in the area. And so I would naturally, it would kind of come up in conversation. I would steer the conversation in such a way that was, okay, well, have you ever heard of this place? Uh, so Mount Nebo is in that area. I would say, yeah, have you ever heard of Mount Nebo? Like, I love this country. It's beautiful. I've been traveling all over the country. I love it. You know, kind of get on similar ground as them to where they're hearing you. And then I'm like, yeah, have you ever, have you ever heard of Mount Nebo? I just went there the other day. And they're like, yeah, I've heard of it. Um, I, I've never been or whatever they say. And I would say, okay, so can, do you know like this, the background story behind it? It's really cool. Can I share that with you? And they're like, yeah, I would love to know. Like it's in my country. I, I definitely want to know what the background is. And so I, you know, I would share. And through that, because Mount Nebo is where um, God gave Moses, showed mom, Moses the promised land. He went up to the top of the mountain and he showed him this is the promised land right here. And so we could literally actually go up the mountain and look into the promised land, which was an amazing experience. Um, but through this, I would share with them, you know, and then the, the snakes would come in uh, into the camp. And so God told Moses to, to put a stake with a, a snake with a serpent on it. And when the people would get bitten by the snake, they would look to the serpent and they would be healed. And they were like, wow, that's an amazing story. And I would say, yeah. And what's even more amazing is that Jesus was the fulfillment of this in the New Testament. 
And they're kind of like, what? I've never, I've never heard of this. Yeah, Jesus was the, was the serpent that was on the pole. And when we look to him, we can find healing. It wasn't just a story that was something, you know, from, from back in Moses' day, but it actually transferred over into this New Testament that we have the joy of living in. And through that, I was able to share the gospel. So that's one way looking for a bridge. Bridges can be anything from uh, testimonies. It can be your personal testimony, how you came to know Jesus. You were one way, now you're another way. You had an encounter with God, whatever that is. Um, Or it can be something that God has done that you've seen him do, maybe in someone else's life. Um, You can also just ask questions about them and in their their, um, kind of telling you who they are, you can start to ask questions and just start pouring into them from there. Um, So that's number one, looking for a bridge in conversation. The second thing you can do is ask if you can pray with them. And this is something that does not require small talk. It doesn't require any, you know, any prior knowledge of the person or anything like that. Um, And it's super simple. Just walk up and say, hey, um, we're here in Walmart or wherever we are. um, And I just, I, you know, I follow Jesus and I believe that he loves you. And um, I'm just walking around and wanted to just see if there was anything that I could pray for you for. And I mean, typically people aren't gonna be offended by that. Even if they don't have the same beliefs as you, they're gonna be honored that you would love them enough to go and pray for them. And so I think instead of jumping right into praying, when they tell you what you can pray for, continue asking questions. And, and try to figure out, okay, where are you at in, their, in your relationship with God? You can ask them questions about that. Well, I'm gonna pray in the name of Jesus. Do you actually know Jesus? Have you heard of him? What is, your, what is your relationship with him like? What is your history with him? And then through that, you can actually pour into them. Whether they know Jesus, whether they don't know Jesus, this is where the gospel can come in. Um, and then of course you pray for them after that. Um, healing is really great. If you, if you go up to someone, this is another way you can ask to pray for them. If you see they're on crutches, hey, hey, what happened to your leg? Like, um, you know, I believe that no matter what it is, I believe that Jesus died. Isaiah 53 says that he was, um, that he was whipped for our healing. And so I I truly believe that whatever happened to you, God wants to heal you today. And I've seen it happen And that, you know, you can share testimonies. You can share, even if you don't have a personal testimony of healing, you can share Jesus laid hands on the blind man and he received his sight. Jesus laid hands on the leper and he was healed. All of these different things. You can share these testimonies with them and then you can lay hands on them for healing. Um, I've actually, I really love this because I've actually heard, if, if any of you know Todd White, he's an evangelist, 100%, just shares the gospel everywhere that he goes. Um, you can find him on YouTube. But he actually says, uh, healing is the dinner bell for the gospel. And I love that. Because when I, look at the, when I look at the gospels and I read about the life of Jesus, you actually find that majority of the times before Jesus ever preached a message, he would perform a sign, wonder, and miracle first. So he would demonstrate the gospel and then he would preach the gospel because then people were like, you know, if, if they see a sign, wonder, miracle, if they're healed, their ears are going to be open. I, I hear what you have to say. I'm in. You know, Preston shared the, the testimony of in Cambodia and how he prayed for the man who was blind and he was healed. And immediately he was like, whatever you have to say, I'm in. Whatever, whatever, whoever it was that healed me, I wanna know him, you know what I mean? This is what healing does. And so praying for someone, laying hands on them to be healed, this is a great intro into the gospel. Um, another way that we can, that we can um, approach evangelism is through prophetic words. Um, this is, this is a great time to step out in faith. This is not for someone who prophesies all the time and always gets it right and is extremely confident. This is a great time to be like, hey, I feel like I hear God saying this. Is that true in your life? And what I have found is that even if you're wrong, God can still use it for his good. Um, if any of you know, there's, there's a minister named Sean Bowles and he's known for like words of knowledge and things like this, but he actually shared in his, in his story of kind of growing in the prophetic, he went to a, um, Starbucks 
and he was just he was just walking around trying to get words for people and just practicing. And so he walked up to this guy and he said, "Hey, I know you don't know me. I feel like God is saying that you have a cousin named Steve. Is that true?" And the guy was like, "No, I I, I don't even know anyone named Steve. You know, like it was very very wrong." And uh, actually, so Sean Bowles didn't say, I feel like God is saying, he just said, hey, do you have a cousin named Stephen? He said, no. And so the guy was like, well, why are you asking? And of course he's embarrassed at this point. Cause he's like, I just got it wrong. I can't tell him it's God that I thought that I was trying to hear from God or else he's going to like think I'm insane. And it was wrong. Like it's going to look bad on God, all of these different things. And so he's like, oh no, no, I was just wondering, like, I thought I knew you, you know? And the guy's like, no, really? Like, just tell me, why are you asking? Like, that's a very random question. Why are you asking me? And so he's like, okay, the truth is I'm, I'm, new, I'm a new believer. I'm really trying to hear the voice of God. I, I got it wrong. I just want to be honest with you. Like, I'm not going to try to turn it into something else. Like, I, I admit that I was wrong. I apologize, you know. And the guy ends up responding, and his response is, I've been waiting for someone to tell me about Jesus my entire life. That's all he cared about. He didn't care that the word was wrong. It didn't make him, it didn't make him um, waver in his faith in God. It didn't make him insecure about God not loving him. It actually, God used this incorrect word to bring him glory because he was saying, I don't care that you got it wrong, but I've been looking for Jesus my whole life. Can you please tell me about him? And it opened up a door into the gospel. So obviously, Correct prophetic words are huge. It can open huge doors for people um, to hear the gospel. But even if you don't have that, even if you get it wrong, God can still use it. And so this is a great time to step out in faith. Um, A story of getting it right was actually this year in the Middle East. Um, We were doing, you know, evangelism. We were actually at a Starbucks. And there was just this girl that, that... you know, our team was just drawn to, and we're like, yeah, we're just going to go share with her, and so we kind of started out in small talk, just getting to know her. She's very friendly. She's like, yeah, please come sit with me, and so we just talk with her, and as we're talking, the the girl with me said, you know, I just, I've, sometimes God speaks to me, and I feel like he's saying that you just have like a, a hole or like an emptiness in your heart right now. And it was very vague. It wasn't like, you know, that's not very specific. It's either 50-50, like it's a 50-50 chance that she feels lonely or that she feels upset. You know, there wasn't like a ton of risk involved. Um, but either way, it was right. And the girl was like, yeah, that's true. Like, how did you know that? You know, all of that. And um, we had tried sharing the gospel with her and she was not super interested. She's like, no, I'm Muslim. I don't, I don't really, you know, like I appreciate you share that, sharing this with me, but that's not for me. And so we're like, okay. And as, as we continue sitting with her, all of the sudden I just, and, and when I say that I just had a download from God, what I mean is it's, it's in my, you know, God speaks a lot of times through our minds, through our thoughts. Um, because the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And so we actually have the ability to think his thoughts. And so a lot of times, um, God will speak to me and he just gives me a thought and I can recognize whether it's my own thought or whether it's a thought from God. And so in this moment, I recognize this isn't my own thought because the thought was um, two months ago, her best friend betrayed her. And because of that, she feels empty. She feels depressed. She feels lonely. There's a whole, that's, that's where the hole in her heart is coming from. And she get, and there was some more details along with that. And so this is like, this is not really a 50-50 chance. This is like very specific. If this is right, this is God. If it's wrong, it's not God, you know. Um, and so I just asked her, um, you know, I, I know that we shared with you a little bit about Jesus. And I know that you're not like interested or anything like that. But I actually just, you know, like my friend shared that she heard from God that you have this emptiness in your heart. I feel like God is actually sharing with me why right now. Is it okay if I share that with you? And immediately her eyes are open because she's like, if you can tell me why, then it has to be God. You know what I mean? Because she didn't tell anyone about this. And so she's like, yeah, yeah, tell me. And so I shared with her 
I feel like two months ago, he's saying that your your best friend betrayed you and gave her some details about that, and um, this is what left the emptiness or the hole in your heart, whatever. And she literally, we're at Starbucks, she stands up, throws like her purse or whatever it is down, and she's like, who are you and how do you know me? And she's like, what are you doing here? Why are you, you know, she's like freaking out. And we're just sitting there calmly and we're like, we don't know you, we, but Jesus does. You know, and she's immediately drawn in. And so she actually, it was funny, she actually is like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I have to go to the bathroom. And we're like, okay. She leaves her purse, she leaves her phone, she leaves everything with us, complete strangers, and goes to the bathroom for like five or 10 minutes. And we're like, is she gonna come back? I don't know what's going on. And so uh, five, 10 minutes later, she comes back. She sits down and she just sighs. And she's like, okay. So I just need to follow Jesus or what? That's her, that's her response. Where in the beginning, she, the words that we were sharing, she had no interest in. She had no interest in any of the, the things that we were sharing because she was already, you know, I already know God. I'm already, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Christian. I'm, you know, in this religion, whatever it is. But the moment that we said, Jesus knows you, God knows you. The moment that I stepped out, because honestly, I was trembling. I was like, oh my gosh, this is either right or it's wrong. And if it's wrong, it could be bad. But if it's right, it could be great. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna share it. And it was just a simple thought. And so I shared it and it was spot on and it opened her up to the gospel. And she ended up, um, she, she didn't like, you know, in America, we're like, pray the prayer of salvation. She didn't do that, but she said, I wanna know Jesus. And so continued talking with her and, went on from there. Um, and so evangelism, just to kind of bring it to a close, evangelism is essential in the lives of every believer. This isn't something, like I said, this is not something for the missionaries. This is not something for the elite believers. You know, um, Jesus actually sent out, he, he preached the gospel and then he sent out the 72. And he said, here you go, I've given you power and authority over all sickness and disease. And then a little bit late, so he literally just gives it to them. And then in verse eight, he says, this is in uh, Matthew 10. And then he says, freely you've received, now freely give. So if you have received something, let me ask you, how did you receive your salvation? Was it free? Freely you've received, freely give. If you've received an encounter with God, if you've had an encounter with God, if you have a testimony, if you've been touched by God, it is now your responsibility to take that revelation, to steward what he has given you. You know, we talk about the parable of the talents, like it's, like it's, you know, money. And of course it does have to do with money, but anything that he has given you, if you just sit on it, if you just sit on your salvation, if you just sit on the, the testimony that you have, if you just sit on you were healed or you were set free from sin, if you just sit on that and you do nothing with it, you're no better than the wicked servant that did nothing with the talents that was given to him. It's our responsibility for every revelation that we have, for every every salvation that we, that we have as believers, for every encounter with God that we have, it is our responsibility to steward that and to turn outward and to freely give what we have freely received. Um, and so the gospel is not just for the saving of those who need, who need salvation, but it's for the saving of souls who have the gospel of Jesus. It's for discipleship, it's for edification, it's for exhortation, it's for consolation, it's for building up the body of Christ. Um, it is for uh, freedom from bondage. It's for freedom from sin. And even if they've already heard, continue preaching the gospel. The gospel isn't for, it's, it's not just milk. The gospel is meat. The gospel is for maturing into Christ. Um, and so do not change the message because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation and righteousness. There is no other message that we preach. You know, Paul writes to the churches and he's like, how could you so quickly turn away from the message that I preach to you? And I think a lot of times we do that. I think a lot of times, you know, in, in Galatians, it talks about um, that we, it, it talks about that, that we don't receive one way and then try to, we don't receive by faith, we don't receive freely, and then turn into works. 
but it's actually, it's, it's not our works that matures us. It is the gospel. The gospel is what saves us. It's what matures us, and it's how we finish this race. And so whether we're at home, whether we're in the streets, whether we're at church, or wherever we are, um, let's make sure that as both individual Christians and as a congregation and as the body of Christ, the, the church, the big C church, um, that we never lose our heart for evangelism, that we never reduce evangelism to good works, that we never reduce evangelism to clothing the naked, like Preston was saying, that we never reduce preaching the gospel to good works. Um, because the gospel is necessary in every form to transform the believer, um, and it is the only answer that we will ever have. And so um, I, I believe that Stephanie is going to kind of organize us in groups. I hope that, that this was encouraging for you, um, that it's, it's not something that you have to ever have done before. It is expected, by the way, that you are shaking right now. If you're not shaking, it's not normal. If you're not scared out of your mind, it's not normal. Um, and so if you're feeling that way, it is not abnormal. You are in good company. All of us feel that way at one time or another. Um, and so, yeah, we just are so excited to be able to partner with you in this. Um, and I believe that even, even if you just get to see, follow along with us and watch us do it, I believe that, that God is going to move mightily. And I believe that um, this is a lifestyle that he wants to incorporate in each, each and every one of you. And so I just want to pray us out. But I think Stephanie afterwards is going to um, kind of organize us into different groups and then we can head out. So... God, I just thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. God, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you that your word is the power of God unto salvation. God, I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to muster up anything in and of ourselves. I thank you, God, that even if we don't have um, extensive, extensive biblical um, understanding or extensive uh, scriptures memorized, God, that you use the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And so God, I thank you, Lord, that the less that we know, the more glory that will come to you because we couldn't have done it on our own. God, I thank you, Lord, that you will give us words in those moments. And God, I, I just ask God that every single person, um, that you would just bring them that you would just encourage them in this moment to step out, that you would just stir within them, God, the uh, desire to step out and to know you and to, to um, walk by faith and not by sight, God, that this would be something that you would move in, God. And so we just ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us and guide us today in every conversation that we have, in every location that we go to, God, that you would put words in our minds and in our hearts, God, that you would just um, lead us to those who are hungry to know you, who have a desire to know you. And God, we thank you, Lord, that above all that you would be glorified today. Jesus, we don't want to do anything for our own glory. We don't want to do anything for our own name. We don't want to do anything, God, ahead of you or behind you, God, but we want to move in tandem with you, partnered with you, partnered with your spirit, led by your spirit. And God, that you would show us what it looks like to, to truly love people with the standard of the gospel. And so we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. We bless you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoy this content, please let us know by rating and reviewing the podcast. You can also contact us at summitpodcast.church. Remember to share this episode with your friends and on social media. Summit Podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Thank you for listening to Summit Podcasts, and we will see you in the next episode.